0: yourselves men and women of planet earth come as you are from work from taverns from study science hall and all that exists come all who are weary of their status quo bored hungry unsatisfied join us today at conscious speaks hello everybody it's kelly J, host of conscious Speaks. Today we have an amazing audio healing experience to create with you, spirit led all the way from Hawaii with the amazing Robin Wynn. We're gonna create part two of Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design the Break New Technology and Robin's amazing new book. Um, Robin has a BA in English literature from UC Berkeley and an MA in Feminist Psychology from New College Her extensive experience as a licensed therapist, somatic practitioner, Diamond Logos teacher, Dharma leader, and human design coach enable her to shed light on a vast array of challenges from a wide perspective. Robin lives in Maui with her wife of 38 years. She's here with us today for part two of an amazing sequence and journey into understanding your clients and understanding human design, the new breakthrough technology. Welcome to the show, Robin.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Kelly J.
0: I'm so happy that you're here. I have been thinking about our last show all week. I listened to it a couple times, and as I finished the book, uh, I always wait to uh, do read the book, uh, and then for each how I'm creating the show. So as I was finishing the book and thinking in, I thought the best way for us to jump into part two is to uh, reintroduce uh, to the audience um, what is human design.
1: Yeah, so human design is a practical, um, simple way, really, of accessing who you are, what your operating system is, how you best function in the world. It was downloaded to a fellow. Um, A Canadian fellow named Raw, who was on retreat off the coast of Spain in the late 1980s at the Harmonic Convergence, and he went back to his room and these light beings. um, His his room was filled with light, and these light beings downloaded this system to him and said, "This is for the evolution of humanity. That each one of us is perfectly designed, and when we live our design, we bring what we're here to bring." We live our dharma. When we don't live our design, when we're trying to live somebody else's puzzle piece, then not only do we lose out, we're not so happy with our lives, but all of humanity loses out. So it's really important that we know who we are and how we best operate in the world. So really, it's an operating system. It's a it's a it's a reflection of how you best operate in the world. Ooh, I like that. When you were
0: speaking,
1: you know, I was getting the,
0: I call spiritual chills throughout my whole design, right? My whole human design. And um, two things come to me um, from what you just said. And one is um, how you said it's a reflection. And um, reflector is one of the five types in human design. And uh, actually, 1% of the human design. But maybe you could tell our audience out there, what the five types are, so they can get an idea.
1: Yeah, so the, when you think of a humanity as one big, giant puzzle, and each one of us are a puzzle piece, when you look at a puzzle, there's the sky, there's the earth, there's the plants, there's the animals, right? Something like that. So in human design, there's five major puzzle pieces. That's the, that's the first breakdown, and then it gets more and more and more refined. So the the five puzzle pieces are the, the reflectors, like you said, less than one percent, and they're they're completely open. they they're they're taking in everything that's around them and reflecting it back. We think of them as the canary in the coal mine. They show how wh- the health or well-being of the community that they're in. So if they're in a toxic mm-hmm. environment, they're going to show up. In their system, in their lives, as unwell, unhealthy, and if the community is healthy and thriving, they're they're going to be thriving. So that's the the first type. The second type is eight percent of the population, and they're called manifestors. And the manifestors are really here to initiate and impact action, action, activity. They're they're powerful, and remember, every type matters. There's It's not a hierarchy. Oh, this is better than this. No, we need all the different puzzle pieces to make up the puzzle. So that the manifestors come in with strong energy, strong auras. There, when you think of the in the past, the generals of humanity, they come in and they they speak and they're heard and they make things happen. The Third type is called projectors. That's about 21% of the population, and this I feel is like one of the most misunderstood. I mean, reflectors are so unusual; they're they're in their own category. But the 21% of the population is projectors, and they're really here to be the wise guides of humanity. They have a wisdom and a a capacity to to guide the the other two types, basically the generators and the and the <laughs> generators energy, but they they really have a strategy of, of needing to wait to be invited or acknowledged before they speak. And if you think about it, in our culture, we're not conditioned to do that, right? We're conditioned more to be manifestors or to go out there and um, be heard and show up. So this type, there's a the precious gem that needs to be seen and recognized before we get to receive the gifts that they that they're giving. And a lot of projectors actually feel um, unseen, unheard, don't understand, feel like something's wrong with them because their operating system is so different than the, the other types. Now the first three types I just spoke of. are not designed to have they have what's called an open sacral and they're not designed to work in the same way the other two types are. So let me come back to that in a second. So the other two types are called a generator and the manifesting generator. These two types, their dharma, their their work their joy in life is to work and master their work. But And, of course, we think everybody should be doing that. But really, these two types, which make up roughly 70% of the population, they have sustainable energy. They're designed to wake up in the morning full of energy, work all day long, fall asleep exhausted at night, and wake up the next morning battery recharged, ready to go. (laughs) The other three types don't have that. They're not designed for the nine to five. They're not designed really for the way the school systems are set up. They don't have that kind of energy. But our culture is homogenized, and we believe everybody should have that sexual energy. Right. Right. So that's that, one of the
0: things I a, noticed. Yeah. Go one ahead. of the things that no that's one of the things I noticed too was um, how it stood out with. You know, the manifestors and generators really energize her bunny, right? And the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the projector, the reflector, just there's more ease in um, that softness. And doesn't mean that's a soft person, but just that needing to have a little bit of different care. where it seemed like the manifestors generators, you could just bash them around a lot, kind of. And I don't mean that technically, but like built to last, kind of, you know, like you said, just constantly replenishing.
1: Does that make sense? Well, if you think of flowers for a second, if you think of an orchid, it needs different care than, say, ice plant or poppies or Um, a rose even. Or, yeah, or marigolds or something, right? So some, yeah, there's a different quality to them. Or if you think of a a jaguar versus a, a hummer, you know, they're different. They have different capacities. And they get different terrain that works for them. So this is really about differentiation, differentiating who you are, who are the people around you, and respecting the differences. I think that's the bottom line of human design. It's really about understanding differences and valuing rather than trying to change people or change yourself to be someone you're not. That's one of the
0: underlying qualities, I'll agree, that I loved about human design is, and I really love it for my work as well, is that honoring who we've come to be. Everyone has a different score, a different tune, um, a different bloom, per se, to live. And when we honor that energy frequency, we really thrive. When you were talking in the book about reflectors and and how they're like orchids, you know, that quietness of an orchid that, you know, brings this presence mm-hmm. to a room. I, that really was a, a really powerful picture for me. And if I'm right, um, in the projectors, um, the white side, if I'm remembering correctly, Barack Obama was a projector or is a projector, right?
1: That's correct. Barack Obama, JFK, Princess Diana all yeah. Yeah, projectors. Yeah, projectors. And and, and, and how we more all relational. need yeah, Yeah, they're more relational, right? They depend yeah. on others for their power. Whereas a right. manifester can come in with their power. They, they kind of carry their power with them. Projectors do it in relationship. Projectors, yeah. generators, and um, reflectors all need to be really in relationship to access their a capacity to show up and impact.
0: One of the things I loved about human design was showing that, you know, the, it goes back to that old adage, it takes a village. And, and you know, that it, we all learn how to play our part per se, that we've come to be in our human design, that we could really create a beautiful village. You know, I, I, in the book, you have a saying And it really touched my heart. It says, in the cosmology of human design, we are not designed to suffer. There is no suffering in the chart. There is struggle. There is shock. There is control. There are extremes. There are challenges. But there is not a marker for
1: suffering. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, actually... um I I love that as well, and that is something that my mentor, Karen Curry Parker, has really, really (laughs) underlined and underscored. You know, when we're living our design, each of us are here. We're we're on a life path. You know, it's like the um, the pearl needs the um, sand to become what it is. Like we're 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 in a grapple. We're in a, a a growth process. There's gonna be we're gonna come up against things within ourselves and in the environment. That's that's part of being human. But suffering is not. Yeah. Not it, when we live our design. When the generators are following, what they have a yes for the generators and the manifesting generators. There's there's a flow. There's a of being in a dance with the universe, there's a an alignment. So I guess that's what we're looking for. If we're in alignment with ourselves, then we can navigate everything that's coming at us, right? Yeah, yeah. But if we're that's out of alignment, trying to be somebody we're not, then that is hard. <laughs> that is painful. It's, yeah, very, very painful. And and what
0: came to me, a lot in the book and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up on the show or talk to you about it specifically later, but it's coming through is, you know, in my chart, you know, I am a generator
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: um, but I was really, you know, I've done seven years of tense, intense, intense, supramental, spiritual awakening work. And when I was reading about reflexors, there's so much that hit home for me in that and I thought, well, did my spiritual work take me away from my designed path? Is it something I was meant to do this deeply? Or it or is is it something that I chose to do? I believe I was led to do it. I wrote a book, I woke up and, and wrote and teach what I now guide, but I thought can people change their human design through like the way we change the way we re- remap our brains, or is this
1: a set? So that's a great question, Kelly J. If you think about your astrology, if it's, this is all based on your birth information, your birth time and place, right? Right, and right. The moment of your birth. So if you think about your astrology, you're you're never going to change your astrology. Right, right. You're always going to be. A, are you Aquarius? Yes. Aquarius sun, yes. Yeah. Aquari- You're always going Aquari- to be Aquarius rising. That, <laughs> yeah, that's never going to change, right? Yeah. That, that doesn't change. How you are in that changes.
0: Okay. How
1: there you, you are with that changes. So this is your. This is like a, a, a your body graph. It's like a hologram. It doesn't change. But who you are in relation to it changes, and I, I really want to just go back a second and be careful about um, putting any one type above another type. Reflectors aren't more spiritual than generators. That that's a, that's a misunderstanding, and I I really want to underscore that we all have. Um, we're all, I believe we're all on the path of spiritual awakening. I mean, that's why we're here. How we go about it is going to be different for each person.
0: That's one of the things I loved about the, your book is, and I truly believe that, whoever we've come to be is the most amazing um, being. That's who we're supposed to be. and um, And that's what makes us so special. And I love how you say that if you're not, being who you're designed to be, then not only do you miss out on who you are, but everyone does. And in in a lot of the modalities out there, this might be my favorite one, just because of how you keep coming back to that and, and really say no no one journey is any better than the others. We're all on a different journey, and I believe we all, in my faith, I believe that we come to learn again and again in all these different places. So we end up learning and being through all these different ways of being to really kind of get the, the full-on, you know, ascension of awakening. And and so the, the care and the love in the book, how you keep coming back, it's so beautiful the way you always come back and go, no, no one type is better than the other. Um, they're all, We're all beautiful as we're designed. And the respect and the homage that's given to everyone it, for who they've come to be, and the encouragement to find that really is just laced throughout the book as little little kernels of love. And I really, I really love that about your book.
1: Yeah, well, it's true. Like when you think of a puzzle again, no one puzzle piece is better than any other puzzle piece. It can't no. be. It's not possible. It can... We're a whole. Yes. Yeah. Right.
0: There's a, a saying that came up for me a while back. And it says, I'm not holy. I'm part of the whole. And Sarah Schistler-Goff and I were talking about that when she and I were creating her show. She goes, well, maybe the whole is what's holy. And and that reminds me of your puzzle piece, right? The puzzle. The puzzle is what makes the picture. If we miss one piece, yeah. then we don't have the picture, right?
1: Exactly.
0: And that's that's why it's
1: so important for each of us to really recognize who we are, what our strengths are, what our challenges are. Without judgment, that's another great thing that human design does. It takes the judgment off. Because if you see, oh, I'm a projector, no wonder I don't have the same energy that my friend does or my colleague does. No wonder. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm just different. Yeah.
0: I found myself, you know, connecting to my different family members and and kind of seeing how things might fit. I would not know unless I put their birth dates in. Um, I think for me, one of the things I learned best, and I I wrote it down is that I learned. It's really great because, you know, being safely driven and, and, and just having that immediate yes or no reaction. I'm really good at using that a lot. But there's always going to be times when we're kind of like, I don't know. And you had a quote in there that said, um, uh, I think, uh, what did it say? If there is a doubt, it's most likely a no. And I, I actually created a similar quote that said, if you don't know, you don't know. And I'm like, it's the exact same thing for me. So it made sense. It's like, if I don't know, it's a no. But now I have, through your book, a way to ask myself yes or no questions to find out whether I'm a yes or a no instead of just leaving it to
1: chance. Yeah, that's right. And now with your particular chart, you know, you've know, you got that right brain download. So you're getting information. You're, you're getting um, nonlinear uh, downloads that you then have to sort out. Right. Take some time. You get big chunks of information and then it takes yeah. time to digest it, understand it, have the whole picture come clear. It's not linear. Right. It's Right. Yeah. brain. So you may not have immediate yes and no to something. Right. While you're sorting through those big right brain downloads.
0: Yeah. And what I've learned is um, sometimes for anyone who would have that similar chart for me, in that sense out there, is that it might look like we make quick decisions. And I think you said something about this in regards to your chart, too. But we've been thinking about it a long time before that yes comes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you have a chart of consistent access to intuition, so you're using your intuition, you know, you're a survivor.
0: You know, in human design, I really like, this and you wrote it in it says in the book it says in human design the mind is never looked to for decision making while the mind is a great place for discernment and information it is not in the um position of guidance and direction can you elaborate on that for our listeners out there
1: or will you i should say (laughs) each one of us has a different um we, we call it authority in um, human design. Like a, How do you best make decisions for you? you you're you a sacral authority, so you're going to go to your sacral and have a, a yes or no to see, oh, is this the direction I go? Is this the direction I go? For someone else, it might be they listen to their intuition. For someone else, they might have to wait out their emotional waves. Does it feel good over a period of time? But the mind mind is brilliant. It's full of information, but information does not have a direction in and of itself. It's information, right? It's yeah. not the decision maker. In our culture, we rely heavily on the mind, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's never in human design, the guidance system. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought, I really loved that part because if we think about it moving from mind-based thinking to heart-based being which really is that gut intuition you know coming from that love-based being it it's more intuitive right that our higher self we're asking for the guidance versus the mind which has all the information we've collected or that it's accessing is what i'm hearing in there
1: Right. You
0: know when there's three different types for human design. Uh, that or is am I right? There's another. There's the five types, but then there's another part. Uh, is it the strategies I'm coming
1: up with, or if we could go yeah, in there so to this tell? This is what I was going to a, mo- a moment ago in my book, Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design. I cover the five basic types. There's yes. strategies for each one of those types, how they best function in the world, what their challenges are, what what their strengths are, what kind of questions. Because I, I really geared this for therapists, coaches, business owners to work with, with who they're working with, right, so that they can empower yes. their clients to yes. have more ease in their lives and, and know who they are, right, instead of trying to be somebody else. So there's the five types. So five strategies, and then I think what you're pointing to is what I was just speaking to is there's this authority. How do you make your decision? So I have a chapter in my book on that. That's what I was speaking to the, the clinic, or the sacral, or the emotional solar authority. Yes, yes, so they're seeing it right now. Four, yeah, there's four fundamental authorities, and one of those authorities I didn't speak to was some people make their decisions by hearing themselves speak. They don't have a, a, a guidance system like, like you do with your, with your inner GPS sacral motor that says yes or no, has a yes or no response to things. They have to hear themselves talk, and that's without anybody coming in on them and telling them what they should do or they really need a neutral space. And in the speaking, in the hearing themselves, they become clear.
0: Right, that's what I was trying to get to with the authorities. And, and like, one of the... There's four. Emotional authorities, clenic authority, sacral authority, and then one is no authority.
1: Exactly. Sometimes it's called self-projected authority. There's different names. Different systems have... May have uh, a few more authorities thrown in there. Those are the four that that I use. Um, You'll find on most charts. Is there... When you're
0: talking to um, a coach or a guide or, you know, someone who is working with, as a counselor, you know, different um, therapists out there, what would you say is the best way to have them think about using human design
1: with their clients? You know that's a that's a really another really great question. But my book came about just yes, I was I was with a friend. I had um, married her and her partner, and as a gift, I gave them a the Family of Human Design session. And I read all the kids' charts and their charts. And as I was doing it, they're both therapists and they work together. They're amazing. And one of them said, "Wow, this is so helpful." This, this would be really helpful with one of my clients, because we're in a kind of a, we've hit kind of a a stopping point, and I'm not sure what's going on, and these are like highly successful therapists, and so we we, um, ran the person's chart, and you know, something in that chart made perfect sense, and it that stalled therapy just took off again, and that, it made me think because in my own practice I was a psychotherapist for twenty five years and then I learned human design. Human design came into my life and it really radically changed how I worked with people. It it gave the power back to my clients. It it took it out of me trying to figure out and understand them to us understanding them together. And I'll give just an example of the the, the no authority <laughs> or the self Projected authority, like I used to think I had to tell my clients, I had to be the smart ones for my clients, right? Give them the the guidance. And I really learned to be a much better listener and support them in coming up with their own decisions. And this as I say it it sounds obvious now, but at that point <laughs> <laughs> I still thought I had to give them something, some information, some reflection. In a way, the chart is the reflection, and then the job is, well, how do I work with who I am? You know, I, I had a client who had um, we'd worked for years together on her identity issues and her feeling like, you know, her mother hadn't seen her. Well, she was a projector. She had an open key. <laughs> She's not designed to be seen, for one, right? She's not designed. Right. That's one of her wounds. That's one of her vulnerabilities, and she doesn't have a fixed identity. So she's not easy to see. So we could take it off, not that there wasn't wounding from her mother, I'm not saying that, but we could take it off of that and see that this was her life issue and how yeah. did she work with it. It made a, really a, a huge difference. You
0: know, so I'm. A, we're, we're
1: going to... Go ahead.
0: We're going to take a quick break here um, and come back, but I really want to talk about that more when we come back from break, how once we can see who we are when we don't pin our pain or um, unknowingness on others or persons, places, or things. We really get to start looking and finding peace within. Everybody stay up and stay with us. And we'll be back to talk to Robin Wynn more about her amazing book. And you can um, follow us along on our Facebook page. I've been posting and she's got a link. And it's going to be for a place to get a book. It's info at design dot com. So if you're interested in um, learning more about human design, you'll be able to reach out and uh, talk to Robin. But we'll be back in a couple minutes. Stay with us.
2: Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design, The Breakthrough Technology, is a fascinating new book by author Robin Wynn. It is the next evolution after Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, and other innovative profiling systems. Whether your field is psychotherapy, recovery, coaching, or healing arts, and whether your clients are individuals, couples, families, or business teams, understanding your clients through human design will empower your work and call you to reconsider how you approach people. Let human design specialist Robin Wynne break down the components of human design to teach you how to get the basics of reading your client's human design chart, understand each type's unique communication styles, recognize your client's strengths and challenges, identify the best decision-making strategies for your client, and empower your clients to stop living inauthentically. Let human design inspire your practice with these groundbreaking and accessible approaches and take your work to the next level. So pick up your copy of Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design, The Breakthrough Technology by Robin Wynn today at Amazon.com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: everyone. So alternative to talk 1150 AM KKNW. This is Conscious Speaks and we're live every Thursday with Kelly J. That's me. And if you're tuning in, we're talking with Robin Wynn, the author of Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design, The Breakthrough Technology. Um, we were just talking about at the break about conditioning and how knowing your type and working through the different strategies that you can maybe undo some of the conditioning we've taken on through our rearing, or upbringing. Right, Robin?
1: Right. So human design is like a map. It's like a, a a map of the territory of your life. So wherever you're defined in the chart, if you look at a human design chart, there'll be, there's nine centers. Some of them will, most, most likely for most of you, some of those will be colored in. You'll have channels colored in or Half of channels, we call them gates, colored in. Wherever you have color in your chart or definition, you're broadcasting those energies 24-7. That's how you know yourself. That's kind of your substance of who you are as you walk through the world. And where your chart is white, or we call it open, whether it's a center or a channel or a gate, you're taking in and receiving the energies of everyone around you and where the planets are at any given time. So what happens is the ego does not like it when we don't have substance. It likes Mm. to know who it is. So in those open spaces, we get conditioned. That's where we're vulnerable to taking on the conditioning. Say if you have what we call an open identity center and uh, you're, conditioned to believe you should know who you are and know where you're going and know what what you're going to do in life, but you have an open G, You you'd be grabbing onto that idea. It's not true for you. It's not where you're at your highest. It's not where you're functioning at your best. You're functioning at your best in an openness with your identity, trying on different identities, allowing yourself to be different people in different situations. But again, our culture isn't real keen on that, typically, unless you're an actor, uh, certain certain pockets that's that's welcomed or accepted. So the, the job becomes, when you look at your chart and you look at your open centers, is, you know, what do I need to decondition? Where have I taken on an identity or a belief or a thought or a feeling that's not mine, that I... I, I grabbed hold of to have some stability or I thought that's how I need who or how I needed to be in order to be loved or to be accepted or to have value. So that's one of the big gifts of the chart. It would be super easy for any coach therapist um, to look at a chart and say, oh, just no. these are going to be areas to work. So that that's one way to think about it. The other right. way is each, yeah. The other way is each of the areas that are defined, they're like they've got their own place. And remember, everything is perfect it's, or it's perfectly designed. But the there are people, They have a, a range. So if you have, say, the gate or hexagram in Chinese, it's right? The, the planets are in the hexagrams in, from the I Ching you have hexagram 10 or gate 10 that's the gate of self love. If you and we're coming into that by the way the sun will be moving into gate 10 shortly. Wow. So everybody everybody's going to be dealing with this energy <laughs> shortly. <laughs> so when you have a gate 10 self love the the spectrum is when you love yourself you empower everyone around you to love themselves you're right. you're broadcasting self love right if you have that that um, gate or if the, the energy the planetary um, energy is there and you you're not self loving you're going to go to blame and shame right hmm. so that's yes. how you know if you're not doing the high frequency the high vibration of that channel or that energy we could say, that tells you, that shows you somebody else is in blame and shame. They're not loving themselves. It's not a right or wrong. It's just that the energy is not aligned at its highest capacity. Yes,
0: yes, I love that. There's no right or wrong, not attaching judgment to it, just not aligned. You know, there's a part in the book where it says, too, it says, as you turn to look at your clients through the lens of type, Keep in mind that people may not be happy with their type at first, which we talked about a little bit earlier. The inclination to compare and contrast is so embedded in our psyches. Remember, we talked about that. also about how accepting whether if we're in a blame or shame, it's not bad. It's just a place to learn to grow and to get back on track. Wouldn't you say that's just another part of the growing through using human design?
1: Exactly. Yeah, so I'm I'm committed. Part of my my mission and my vision is to bring human design to the mainstream, and i that, and that's why I look at coaches and therapists as a way to start to bring it in because it's such a powerful tool to see ourselves, help our clients, you know, navigate. It just it changes everything, it makes everything so much clearer. I had a, a client just yesterday write me. I, I did a session with her, and she wrote me and said, "I feel like you just um, highlighted my life. It took a marker and highlighted my life." Mm. And, and that's kind of how it is. That's so beautiful. I,
0: I like that, you know. And as I said in the last show, you know, you gave me some words to use to what I was feeling, but I couldn't put hang something on right. I couldn't figure out how to elaborate it. You know, in, in the book you wrote, if you are moved by this work, do you want to deepen your knowledge and the skills of using human design clients? And would you like a human design consultation for yourself or supervision for one of your clients? You know, there's a way for people to reach out and, and to get a hold of you. Um, and if you'd like to tell people about that and how they could work with you, that would be great for anybody listening out in the audience.
1: Yeah. Well, if if you're touched by human design, if your life is touched by it, if it if something is human design, it like it grabs people. It's like a you have to be on for it, or you're not on for it. Really, it's it's alive. It's a living kind of system. And if it touches you, then contact me and let's see what how we might work together. If how you might work with your clients, um, how you might work with your business team. You know, shoot me an email, robin at clients and human and let's meet and talk. Yeah, I love to teach people human design so that they can use it in their work. That's that's my passion.
0: Well, and it's part of your bringing everything to the tribe, it's, you know, and it's such a, it's such a, I mean, you said it's alive, and that's really powerful for me because when I was listening to the show, Earlier today, you know, kind of get reacquainted with our energy. One of the things that stuck out to me that you said in this moment, you said, you know, it's alive. You know, when we read the book, we, or when we see our chart for the first time, it imprints on us. So if it calls to us, we'll know, we'll almost know immediately, don't you think?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I can say this here because this is Consciousness Speaks Radio, right? So I won't be too woo woo. But it's a transmission. <laughs> it's really a transmission. This is this is like a dimensional map of yourself, a holographic map that of you and your clients that, that shows you how to navigate the world and where your pitfalls might be and, and how to work with those without judgment and how to really accept yourself. You don't have to. This is what I get from people so often. It's like, oh, they can rest in who they are. They can stop trying to be somebody they're not. And, you know, when you have a team of people working and people start to see the differences and allow for the differences, then the team becomes more dynamic, more alive, more effective. Some of the conflicts, you have a manifestor on your team and they're impacting people. People don't like to be impacted. They feel dominated. You understand that person is a manifestor. That changes everything. You realize, oh, we can use that energy, that energy for impacting and initiating. They become on your team rather than against you or, you know, you can't do it the same way they do or, you know, all that comparison starts to fall away when you know how to respect and use each person's design. It makes a huge difference.
0: I love that. I love that. And to me, what I see is it being taught, you know, corporately and in organizations. Um, Because like you just said, you can, instead of saying, oh, that person has to go, things aren't working, you figure out where to move people around to to make the whole work, right? The puzzle piece can shift a little.
1: Precisely. And if you have a projector in your group and they're not being heard, they're not it doesn't look like they're contributing. You need to make space for that projector. You need to invite that projector to speak. They they can't just throw in their piece. They're not going to be heard. They're going to be knocked down. Yes, you they talked need, about need that. To called in.
0: You talked about, oh, it's coming to me in the book, a, a, a woman who was invited to be on a board of directors, and it was quite a while before someone invited her to speak. But by the time she was called, she'd been reflecting and taking all this information long enough that what she did just astounded everyone. And then they really moved her to the front of the platform at that point. Am I remembering it right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know what? That could have happened in the first meeting. It wasn't that she she had the information in the first meeting. It wasn't until (laughs) eight months later that they invited her to speak. She tried to give it in the first meeting. Wow. So, so as projectors get looked over, they have their own. They they've got to learn how to be magnetic to draw people to invite them. They can't just insert themselves. When they insert themselves, people don't like it. They 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 react against it. It's a funny thing. It's timing is everything in human design. It's true. It, it, the stories that
0: you tell in the book really help too, because there was a woman, I think a friend of yours, that got lost hiking, and and she was and she was turned out to be okay later. Everyone she was found, but her type was the where she wasn't seen right is that the is that the reflector where she wasn't seen or is that the projector
1: right you couldn't no, no you couldn't right, feel
0: no. her
1: so if you think about many of you have probably heard about Amanda Eller being lost in the forest in a um, Maui in my backyard really for 17 days you know everybody had their opinion about what had happened she'd been raped she'd been abducted she she was dead and, you know, throughout that time, all these psychics were looking. Everybody's looking. Nobody can feel her or find her. I couldn't feel. Her. She's in my backyard. I, I'm super sensitive. I couldn't feel her. It was like she was gone. Well, once they found her, um, she was uh, she, she referred to me for a human design session. And turns out she was one of those 1% reflectors. The reflectors, all their centers are open. They're, they're so open that mostly what we see is our reflection of ourselves in them. There's right. not a lot of there, there. Very fluid. And they, they, are just one with the environment. They're so, there's nothing between them and their environment. So it made perfect sense to me that she was, nobody could feel her, find her, see her. The helicopters couldn't see her. So, 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 yeah, it was a very interesting um, to have a re reflector. I don't think that would have happened to somebody else. I honestly don't think the same thing would have happened to somebody else in the same way. Right, and it's just a fascinating
0: science. You know, there's part you wrote in the book which I I really like, and um, where did oh did I go past the page? You were thinking. Uh, I think the light beams for giving this information to Raw and, and, and bringing this to a light. And um, and I would like to yeah. Here it says in terms of human design, I would like to acknowledge the light beams that transmitted this terma, this practice, this breakthrough technology. Thank you for your generosity and tenacity for making sure Raw got, Ra got the information we needed. And thank you, Ra, for being willing, reluctant as you may have been, to be the initial recipient of this knowledge and doing what it took to transmit the teachings of human design. And thank you also, Kamud, for ushering me into this wild world of human design. And um, ah, thank you, Robin Wynn, for introducing me and Conscious Speak and all of our listeners to human design is there anything you'd like to add to your thanks or add to the show or to any of the listeners out there?
1: Yeah, I want to say, I appreciate you reading that. That's in my, my you know, my end, my acknowledgement, that human design belongs to all of us. If any of us can tap in to that transmission, to those light beings, for lack of a better word, however you would mm-hmm. experience that, and get the knowledge, it's, it's, it's here for us, and it's here for our clients. It's here. It's here to help us in the world. It's really a game changer. It's. I may have spoken about this in the in the first um, segment, but you know, my dad was an MD, and I remember when he came home and talked about the new MRIs and the new CT scans and how it changed medicine. He was a surgeon, cardiovascular surgeon, and for me, human design has done that for my work and for the people in my life, my family, it's a game changer. You have access to information. You're starting with a new client. You've got access out the gate that you don't have otherwise. It's it's readily available. It 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 changes how how you work, how you see people. It it puts for me as a coach or a therapist or you know, in any situation, it puts me on an equal level with everyone around me rather than me being the, the one who knows. Um, it, it, it's the ultimate healing, I think, for differences, which is plaguing our, our country right now, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so it, it's tremendous support for coaches, therapists, Anyone who's working with anybody, it's a tremendous support for parents with their kids. That's what the light being said originally, that everybody needs this, but really parents need to know their children's design so they can support them from the get-go in being who they are. So I feel so honored and privileged and thrilled to share it with you. Kelly J and everybody out there, mm. and I, I hope it touches. I hope it touches something and wakes up something in you and calls you um, to, to tune in and to learn about it. You know, check out my book. It's human it's design. I have to just say this is a deeply esoteric science. Mm-hmm. There's layers and layers, and it can be very confusing. And for years, I didn't know how to enter the waters of it, and then. Uh, my mentor, Karen Curry Parker, wrote a book, Understanding Your Clients Through Human Design. I mean, Understanding Human Design, that gave me access to it. And I've taken it, I believe, to the next level of making it like a real user manual. So anyone could read the book, like you could read the book and see your design and read about your design and learn a lot about how to put it into action, right? Yes. Yes.
0: It's, um, everything that you just said really just opens my heart because I think, you know, people who come to this radio show and and to alternative talk radio, a lot of people are deeply esoteric. We're looking into those deeper waters and, and you've given a way for us to look at something that makes sense and is adding more pieces, um, more seeds of awakening can happen now. Um, Human design you know, what's coming to me is, you know, we all have it, but until we have the key to understand it, it's, it's something that's happening in the background and might not be as useful to us when we don't understand ourselves. This helps us understand ourselves. And, um, you know, and I'll go back to your quote that you talked about in, in the book from Marion Rosen. Um, you know, it says, this work is about transformation from the person we think we are, the person we really are. In the end, we cannot be anyone else. You know, that became your seed and your guiding light, and, and that's what you're helping germinate to us through this information. And I just thank you so much. I thank you for everything. It's been a pleasure doing these shows with you and for the information that you've shared with us and with all of us conscious listeners and everyone listening later. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. Well, thank you, Kelly J. It's really, really an honor and a privilege. Yeah.
0: I am going to add that I love your book. I have it on ebook. I'm waiting for it to come out in a paper book so I can hold it. Do you have a timeline when that'll be out?
1: Well, actually, I'm talking to a publisher um, next week and I should get the information on that timeline then. <laughs> There'll be a oh, ebook my first and then. And then there'll be a print book in the stores, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm so excited because then it really can be added to my um, Cosmic Bibles that I keep close to my side. I love human design. Um, I, I, I'm I already feeling it, and I, I keep hoping that it calls to me more and more. And uh, I'm glad that I have you in my life now. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll look forward Thank to you, doing Shelley more shows, Katie. hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would totally love that.
0: Okay, great.
1: All right, everybody.
0: I am so blessed again to share time and space with everyone who tuned in and late listening through podcasts. Thank you so much, Robin Wynn, for sharing human design with us. This is amazing, amazing uh, science. I love it. Thank you, Alternative Talk Radio, 1150 KKNW. Nathan, who's filling in for Sir Eric while he's away on vacation. Marilyn Milano, Eric Ryder. thank you so much for everything and helping me on um, Alternative Talk Radio. I want to thank Don Avery and Larry Mitchell for permission to share rapidly approaching ecstasy in our shows. And you can find their CD on their CD on Amazon or DonAvery.com. Everybody, love wins when we choose love, and that's a circle. Love and Namaste, Kelly J. Thank you for joining us today at Conscious Speaks Radio, a place where we come together each week to discuss the mysteries of life, the light and the dark, the sweet and the salty, the divine mysteries of being human, a place where we mentally hold hands, naturally gravitating to each other through the cosmic airwaves of space and time, knowing like bees to honey and goodness, this is a place to take comfort in the knowing that it is from and through each other that we grow in our greatest leaps and bounds.